Welcome to the Sales Development Podcast, your go-to resource for all things pipeline and revenue production in the tech sales world. Technology marketing, sales development, sales, and revenue operations have combined to create the go-to market engine fueling the success of SaaS startups and established companies alike. Each week, the Sales Development Podcast dives deeply into the strategies, tactics, people, processes, and technology that fuels the revenue machine. The Sales Development Podcast is brought to you by Tenbound. Get more free resources, insights, and intelligence today at tenbound.com. And be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on our LinkedIn Live. Excited to dive into the topic today that's a very hot topic and you know how it relates to sales development. Scott Logan, the head of everything over on the Logic Marketing Wise. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Oh, man, this has been such a hot topic, you know, for everybody in the marketing world and sales world, I guess in the tech bubble that we live in. It's been interesting to see how this developed. And ChatGPT was just the big application that came out a few weeks ago, but it's been going on for a long time. And it's been exciting to see some of the new developments. Yeah, there have been a few companies out there who've been doing this for a little while now. And I think it was just like you said, now that an interface was placed on the generative AI in the form of ChatGPT and it was made available for free and then let the viral explosion happen and everyone started using it for everything. And it's like every other conversation, ChatGPT comes up. Like I was listening to a sports show and Bill Walton is talking about ChatGPT in a sports show. I'm like, okay, this thing has gotten out of control in probably a good way, I think. But I think now that we're like seeing the applications start to come to life of AI, because we've been talking about AI for you know half a decade now or more, but no one's actually ever been able to see it or use it, or we're calling something AI that's not really AI. Well, here it is. And so now how do you use it? And how's it being used specifically in sales and sales dev to align to some of your network and, and expertise? A hundred percent. And it's funny, you see some of those charts out there where it shows sort of how many years it took to adopt 100 million users of the telephone and the TV. And there's long lag times for how long it took people. But then you get down to chat GPT and it's like two weeks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. There's a few ways that we can use this. And I encourage people who are listening here to throw in the chat and in your comments some questions for us or some commentary to drive some of this discussion so that this can be more for you. but on our primary track of like, how is this being used and figuring out what form we can use it in? I think what we reviewed is that there's basically three versions of it right now that are actually not just being used this way, but built into applications this way. So the way that Chronologic that we've put this to use is the no brainer use case of it's for copywriting. We actually call ours first draft. So you can ask it to write me a marketing or sales email about XYZ solution from this company. And it will go and scrape the web, I guess, in general, and find that content to write you an email that you can then tweet and revise and you know, getting the ball rolling on something like that's always the hardest part anyway. So have you seen anyone in the SDR world using that? On the marketing side, it's being experimented with every day, but Yeah, I mean, some of the providers of, it sort of went from, there was like data providers who were just giving you 
uh, phone number and email and triangulating <laughs> the contact information. And now they're starting to say, okay, we'll just build a pop out from a Chrome extension where now you can sort of pull in the data that you have in the email address. And then we're going to start to give you specific talking points and even like writing the email for the SDR, you know, to take draft number one that they can then edit down or cut down or try different ways to do it. That's starting to pop up quite a bit. Yeah. And there are some creative ways you can go about this too. Lean Data's Don Advos, he said I could tell the secret behind the curtain on this one, but he went to all his partners and had this beautifully written holiday email or holiday poem written. It was fairly lengthy even about each one of his partners. And he was so specific and so well written and so clever. And I made sure when I saw him at a show a couple months ago, that I thanked him personally and said, I guess it was last month, said, thank you for that. That was awesome. We sent it around the office. And he's like, actually, I didn't write that. And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, I use ChatGPT. I was already starting to connect the dots. And he goes, he took an hour of his time and told it to write me a holiday poem about XYZ solution. And it pumped it out. He copied it, pasted it, sent it, or sent it. And it got wild responses. Those things got posted all over LinkedIn got a lot of attention, got conversations re-engaged. So there are some you know, fun and clever things you can do, not just like writing a canned email that it can be faster. I was even where if you're like, write a pun about XYZ because you know that someone has an interest in golf or a specific solution that they're looking into and, and get creative with it that way. And it can be your creative engine if you wake up and you don't have enough cups of coffee to be creative that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And another use case that's interesting is looking into the past experience that you've had potentially with the prospect in your own database. So if you've mm -hmm. already tried and failed to close deals or you've got a history, there's opportunities that have happened already. Some of the companies that I've seen have been trying to mine your personal database and then blend it in with the external data that they can find through the generative AI and create that message that, you know, basically removes a lot of the research process for the SDR, right? Instead of the SDR having to comb through all the past deals and opportunities, at some point, you know, in the future, that could blend into the automated message that's created. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can even type the response with it right now. Like you could say, hey, here's the email chain, or here's the last email that was addressed, and they're trying to get around a certain challenge. And you could say, respond to this email, addressing their comment of this with your company's solution of why, highlighting this benefit, like get super specific with your question, which is how you get a better response from it anyway. And then it will actually draft that response and it will draft it with like an upbeat tone. You can tell it any kind of a tone that you want. And if you don't like his response, but it got close, you could just hit enter and have it send you another response or tell it, write that again or whatever. So it can actually find really clever ways to be able to respond. And I've even done it where I wanted it to respond to somebody using a certain statistic about chronologic solution. And I didn't want to go and comb. I mean, I know most of them, but I didn't want to comb through all of our data to find like the right one. So I just said, answer this challenge mentioned in this email using a data point from chronologic about this. 
And it literally went and found a perfect data point in a Forrester TEI or ROI report that we had them do for us. And it was great. And I totally forgot that that was in there because it was kind of buried in this 30 page document. And so it can actually pick up on some of those things that you probably shouldn't waste the time to go find that stat. It might take 20, 30 minutes to find that stat, but it literally pulled it out of thin air and it just makes you a lot smarter. Well, you could look at it like it's almost a brainstorming partner that you would have if you had somebody in the office that you could talk to about what is the message that I want to put out and what are the past context references that we have on hand and then what's available out there as far as data in the market. And it sort of gives you a brainstorming partner as far as what your messaging is going to be. So it fills that because sometimes you're just sitting there going, I don't know what I should say in this follow-up or whatever. So you've got that. And then it's also like a librarian almost in your example that you gave, you know, there's probably 27 and it depends on the company you work for, but there's a bunch of Gartner reports and Forrester, you know, reports that you've commissioned and there's case studies and there's all this information that needs to be contextualized for the message that you're putting out and the AI can help you do that. Yeah. There's a question that came across. One of them was, what roles in B2B sales could be replaced with ChatGPT? I don't know if it can replace a role right now in sales, though it significantly can enhance your productivity and your efficiency in what you do. But on the marketing side, I'm a little bit more in the weeds on that. What I'm seeing is there's like a debate. Do you actually need a content writer or can you just have a demand gen person or maybe a VP with a little bit better writing skills, just have a first draft written from ChatGPT and you make a few edits and then you move on and you've now spent 20 minutes on a thousand word blog post or a 500 word blog post instead of an hour or two and got to get those creative juices running. And I got to call BS on some people who say you can't unless that it won't replace that role unless you work at a massive company and you have like a team of three writers and you just have constant needs coming in all the time. Yeah, of course. That's so bespoke and so specific to what you actually need created at such a high volume you can. But for a a small to mid-sized company like myself or companies I've been at, I could easily use this to replace or not hire if I wouldn't replace them, I'd maybe enhance someone I have with this. But if I didn't have a content person, I would not even think about hiring one. I would just use this because I am doing this today. Write a blog about this, referencing these four documents. And I just give it the links to the documents or web pages. And then it writes it based on the content in those pages and maybe 15 minutes of editing. And I got a pretty damn good piece of content there. But on the sales side, do you think that it would replace anything or anyone? Yeah, I mean, it's um, productivity and efficiency. Not necessarily replacing because you still have that human element of editing and adding your own spin and contextualization on the production of the chat GPT or the generative AI. And so I don't really see it replacing great salespeople or great SDRs as much as just enhancing their ability and their efficiency and productivity. And here's another reason why, because of something we're running into with a large probably a Fortune 1000 company, they're huge, that we're working with right now. And they got very excited about our ChatGPT function in the product. And what they were worried about is that 
Now, the products they sell are commoditized and out in the marketplace, and you can search them on Amazon, Best Buy, whatever. And they said, well, compare this one product, this one computer piece to this competitor's computer. And it literally wrote a great two paragraph, like five sentence email that compared the two and showed why their companies had advantages over the other company's computer piece component, trying not to give it away who it is. And she was worried. She said, this seems great. It seems perfect, but they're so big that they're worried about ChatGPT doesn't source the content. Like I grabbed this from these five things or like on the sidebar, list out where the sources were so that you knew it wasn't just someone's Wikipedia page. It pulled it from, it was from that actual computer listing on the website, but it wrote it in a way that a sales rep typically would not be able to write that level of feedback and the comparison of those two things. And so though they loved it, they were very much worried about the compliance of it and putting that into the rep's hand to say, this is or is not going to get us in trouble because we just trusted it because the same source, like we don't know where the answer came from. Yeah. Also why I, when I have it write things for me, I tell it where to reference specifically because of that. And Mitch Comstock just asked, have you seen any hesitation from sales and marketing professionals? And number one, there's a lot of uncharted territory about like intellectual property and where this information came from and who actually wrote this and things like that. It's a very ambiguous situation right now. And I just happen to be married to a lawyer. And so I think about this stuff all the time, but you know, where did this come from? And could it potentially get us in trouble if we're just pulling random things from AI and sending it out into the marketplace, if we can't cite any of this? beyond just saying it's from BART or ChatGPT, et cetera. And then the other like hesitation is if you've ever had employees or people that work for you, you can't just like hire someone and tell them to do the job and try to get the result at the end. You actually have to train them and help them and coach them and edit them and work with them to be able to do the job. And it's the same thing with AI. I mean, if I was just like here, Take my ideal customer profile, here's my messaging, here's my value prop, and here's what I want to do at the end of the day, and I just gave it to an AI, it would be a mess and nothing would happen, actually. And it's the same with trying to train an employee to help you. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if folks on this call know this or not, but for us, when we licensed OpenAI software and put it into our platform to make that first draft functionality, you are enabled to tailor that for your use case. So we just rolled it out to get it out. But in future iterations, we'll look to say, all right, let's make sure that it's really tailoring its responses for the purpose of writing a sales or marketing email, because that's where we have the plug in there. That's its purpose for that application at that spot in our platform. And then what you can also do is eventually point data at it from the system so that it knows when it's successful and when it's less successful in providing a response to someone based on the metrics that it's providing or provided. So, I mean, that's in future iterations or maybe companies that have dumped a lot of resources into it that might be coming out soon for these other platforms. But I think that that might be one of the main differences between using it in someone's platform or just using a free version online. Not to mention, I'll even jump into ours, even though it's like geared for our use case, we're working towards that to be more specific. But 
if the free version's on lockdown, I just jump into my email editor and I've written a blog <laughs> from our version because the free version online is like servers were overloaded. So that's kind of a fun thing too. If you do have it within one of the platforms you've already bought and they have access for it, you can still use it for whatever. It's true. Yeah, it is an interesting like business model. And you go on for the first few days and you're just like completely blown away by what it can do. And then you go back and it's like, sorry, our servers are overloaded unless you pay 20 bucks a month or whatever. And they shorten the character limits that it feeds out where before it was like yeah. whatever you wanted. So yeah. Yeah, it was a classic drug dealer uh, business model. Wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> know anything about that. Of course, no, it's free. But anyways, one thing that a lot of this predicates on too is the the information accuracy. And so, for example, if you unleash the AI on your own database to try to get signals and pull in past experiences to help you with the messaging, that you run into the same problem that we've been dealing with for ages, which is data accuracy and whether or not everything's filled in correctly in the CRM. I mean, this is back from the days of insidesales.com. And, you know, when we were trying to do this like 10 years ago. Yep. And I think what you're referencing is there are a couple solutions out there that you basically tell it as a sales rep, plan my day. And it's connected to your database. It has the power of the AI behind it. And it picks accounts and it can tell you which ones to go after based on intent signals that are in your different systems and pull all that together, which is awesome and fantastic. But yeah, you do need to make sure that you have a healthy and clean database, or at least you're pointing it at a segment very easily. Only accounts owned by Scott have this status or something, like you're building filters into it. I don't know how it works, but I'm sure it would perform a lot better if you were able to point it at that specific use. Because yeah, when I was running demand gen at insidesales.com, they were one of the first ones to actually put AI into the market. And one thing that we found was that when we had the smaller companies generically use the algorithms that we're building in the background, it had a hard time being specifically prescriptive for you because the data set was almost too large and it couldn't find any trending to make the proper suggestions to. However, when a massive enterprise level company would come in, they'd pay you know a large seven figure number and their data set was clean. We would say, all right, I say we as if I did anything with the algorithm, but they would basically point the AI at that data set, tell it what to look for and what to do. And then when you gave it that level of prescription of just these types of sales interactions, just these types of marketing campaigns using these data sets that were large, comprehensive data sets that were fairly accurate, it worked beautifully. Like it was magic, everything that was advertised. But it really does need to be tailored a little bit more so, which goes back to my beginning point. If you're just an individual person and a contributor using ChatGPT, and you're like, God, these emails are kind of generic or these responses are kind of high level, you need to use it as if you're you know, looking for something specific in Google. Like I even experiment with that. I found that if you say marketing email, it writes a shorter email than a sales email, which is ironic. I thought that that would be backwards, but regardless, like small things like that. So write a marketing email about this type of solution from this company addressing the challenge of blank. And if you want to add like a tone of voice or something, you can do that. 
And it's that level of granularity in your question that is going to provide that really great response where I think Mike on here said you get that and then a good sales rep will tweak it to make it exactly suit their needs. But now they're working way faster than they were before. It's that efficiency. And I mean, one of the promises of that system when you think about insightsales.com, I remember being an SDR manager at that time. And it's like one of the biggest challenges for sales reps or SDRs is you kind of sit down with the day and you know that you've got like two or three things to do. And it's like, okay, now what? You know, like what is my next best use of time during the day that's really going to move the needle and be able to get to the results that I'm trying to get? And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it's that kind of sinking feeling that my quota is right behind me, whether it's getting meetings or, you know, closing sales, my quota is like right behind me. I'm up against the clock. It's 9am in the morning. What is the next best thing that I should be doing right now in order to get to that? And that I think is the promise of the AI in pulling all these research points together, giving you good information. And then the next step will be based on the training that has been provided. As you mentioned, Scott, the training is telling me now this is going to be my next best move that I can make. Now I've got to add my own personality and my emphasis, the context that I bring as a salesperson. But at least I know with some level of accuracy based on what the AI is telling me, this is my next best move. Yeah. And today you could even say that that is done. Like it's already possible. If you layer an account-based marketing platform where it's like getting the intent signals, layering ads where you should layer ads and looking at all the other engagements. And then that would take someone who has a high intent and like a decision-making motion per the software and put them into a sales engagement platform, whichever one you use. And then you can use something like Chronologic to actually land the meeting. And then the sales rep does their qualification in the call or in the scheduled appointment. But this allows that extra layer of, but what if I'm working on this because of a quick change of plans in the stand-up meeting? What if I now just have to land this account and I need to multi-thread it and I'm not really finding the right people? Maybe I can ask, can you find the decision makers of these five companies or someone who's been active? And you can just, instead of having to pull up a report and go find that information, you can just go and ask it that specific thing. And I think that's where a lot of companies are trying to move forward into the future of, yes, all this intent is there, all the automation is there, but where can you get it to tailor to your needs that day? Which is why even the sales development team is still going to be needed. Maybe the sales development teams are smaller because they're more well-equipped and they have better tools to be nimble and they have better tools to support them on who to reach out to and how to get those meetings. But you still have to have those meetings. Really quick, I'll pass it back to you, David, but there was a question on the outline of the three main areas. The three main areas that David and I are seeing used today is just that creating that first draft of an email, a response to an email, getting you started on a very specific talk track for selling a solution or addressing a specific challenge. The second one is kind of parlayed from that last one where you're responding to someone's response. So you send out the first few emails or phone calls and all of a sudden they send you a response back. It could even be later in the deal cycle. And they say, yeah, but I need to justify budget for my procurement because blah, blah, blah. Well, ask ChatGPT to do that and tell it what to reference. 
and it'll come back with something that you probably weren't thinking of. Or even if it's not exactly what it, you were looking for, it'll probably put you in the right direction or spark something. And then the third way is what we were just talking about just now, where marketing is doing the best job they can and sales leadership is doing the best job they can to tell reps which accounts to go after and when to go after them and tools to enable them to get in touch with them and schedule meetings faster. But there's lots of changes on your day to day. And it doesn't know when you got a thread pulled somewhere with another account through like a LinkedIn message or a text message or whatever it is. So you can like maybe point it in a different direction without having to sort through like three or four reports to find out who the new people are. Yeah. And think of it as like a personal assistant almost in that. But also I've seen companies suggesting other companies that are in your ICP, you know, based on the data that you provided first, and then probably data that it starts to learn. So that gives you that next step in the day. The other one that I've seen also is pressing a button to request account-based marketing support. So for example, there's banner ads, there's, you know, going through Google AdSense, there's potentially events that could be sponsored that are in a specific area, you know, based on the accounts that you're trying to go after. So especially from an account-based approach, it can leap you forward tremendously and having that right at your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. Mike chats another question here. Um, Have you seen or heard of ChatGPT connected to a company's chatbot? for automated responses. There's a company, I've not been a customer of it. I've heard mixed reviews, so I'm not gonna give an opinion on it, like a Conversica platform where you type something and then you build workflows on the back end to help direct it in through a conversation. It has, I think, more AI built into the responses than just a standard chat workflow. If they ask this or push this button, respond with this, like very structured, I think it's more freeform, but it's still fairly structured on the back end of how it works. But I've not heard of something where it's just like connected to it and it goes. I think that might be a bit scary right now, especially with some reports of ChatGPT getting mad at people who get mad at it. (laughs) Or from a different, maybe not ChatGPT, but a different version of generative AI, which is interesting where, uh, David, I think you have a good line of what you tell your children, which I do the same. We were joking about this earlier on if you should be polite to AI or not. That's true. Yes. Yes. I think we've both agreed that I don't let my kids get mad at it or lack the politeness that they would show to a human being. And Scott and I were joking yesterday that if these AIs actually turn on us and become our overlords, we want a record that we were always polite and nice. (laughs) (laughs) And now if it's the Matrix, maybe they could care less about that and we still get plugged into the energy portals. But yeah, yeah, at least there's something going for you. That could be our next conversation. I mean, the part two of this, Scott, will be a generative AI nightmare. So, yeah. you know, we could learn from everybody about stuff that they tried that didn't work. But predict the birthday, the actual yeah. birthday of the HAL 9000. But on that right. same note of being connected to like an auto response to just respond automatically, we've been doing this for a while and it's part of our AI engine that was unique until now Cortana from Microsoft does a version of this, just not at scale in just one-off meetings, but it will negotiate meeting times for you. So it's not so much on the response being AI-driven, it's the reading, so natural language processing, the NLP being smart enough to pick up what's being written. So for instance, if someone says in a response to a meeting invite that we send or a proposed time, say, actually, could you meet on Friday in two weeks? 
and it will see Friday in two weeks. We've even seen where someone goes, send me two or three times after February 8, 90 minutes later. Like that was an exact structure someone gave. And it said, oh, well, I know that if you said February 8th, 90 minutes later, that must be an open time slot. And so it updates the invite automatically and then responds, not with like an AI generated thing, just a canned response. It says that time works well for me. I've updated the invite to insert that selected date and time. I'll see you in the meeting. And so I think that AI is working both ways independently with like the generative AI of generating text and NLP with natural language processing and making decisions off of that, which is the AI component. I almost think that once those two get married, that's when it gets really scary. That's when the Hell 9000 takes that's off. That's when it comes out. But I mean, Chronologic has been a game changer for me because just it literally feels like a personal assistant that's like running in the background. And, you know, what are we trying to do in sales development, but be able to sit down with customers on meetings? And sometimes you start going back and forth or you just use a calendar link and it just gets lost eventually. But it's weird. It's almost eerie how chronologic is sort of interacting and communicating with the person. And then finally you get the meeting set and you're good to go. Yeah. It's just natural responses. Very simple. Pick this time. Works great. See you there. And that's really the point of all this AI, right? Whether it's chronologic on scheduling meetings automatically or chat GPT to create your first draft or create a better response. It's just time saving, right? You don't want to have to waste time going back and forth to schedule an email. You don't want to block off an hour to two hours for writing your email templates. You don't want to have to send a response to someone's email that is not as good as a response you would have written yourself. And it did it faster in seconds. And so it's all about adding that efficiency to the person. Going back to the first question that we had, which is what roles will it eliminate? Now, it might reduce the number of people needed, but I don't think it eliminates it at this point. I think it just enhances and makes people more effective and efficient. Yep. Four-day work week, right? That was supposed to be the promise. We're all still working the same amount of hours and everything, but we're so much more efficient these days. So we'll see what happens. But Well, Scott, this has been so interesting. We definitely need to do part two as this evolves. And I was just thinking, you know, we do the sales tech market map here at 10bound and the next version is going to be crazy with all these new applications coming on and, you know, companies merging and iterating on this. So I'm excited to get that out later this year. Well, great. Well, thanks for all the comments, everybody, and joining us. And we'll see you on the next discussion. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.